Aromatime Bistro presents Wine Time Live, hosted by the Hudson Valley's premier green certified entrepreneurs, Marcus and Jamie Giuliano. So grab a glass of your favorite vino, sit back, relax, and travel with them, sharing their passion discovering unique vineyards, outstanding wines, delicious food, and great adventure. Everybody, Marcus and Jamie here. Welcome to Wine Time Live, episode number 11. Wow, 11. 11, a Hudson Valley gem. Awesome. Uh, Hudson Valley has some great wines. Um, more and more coming up. Uh, start opening the wine. Yeah. Yeah, start opening. Sorry, I was waiting for you to talk more. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> excited. to open the wine. I'm excited about this wine. So. We haven't tasted this wine. We tasted at the vineyard, I thought. This is an. Oh, maybe we did. We did. We, we did, did. taste it. Yeah, we did. Sorry, sorry. Yep. So the, I thought it was the aged one. They're all aged. No, yeah, I thought he gave us one to, to taste, but I could be wrong, yeah. So the wine that we're tasting today can only be purchased at the vineyard. You cannot get it in restaurants. They do not wholesale to restaurants. They do not sell to stores. It's only available at the vineyard. Um, the vineyard that we're talking about is Stout Ridge. Stout Ridge is a vineyard in Marlboro. Um, the new owners have been there 15 years, about 15 years. Yeah, about 15 years. Um, if you're watching us, as opposed to listening to us, uh, Jamie is holding up the label right now, some different kinds of labels for some different kinds of wine. Um, and the, what I want to say about different wine is, um, they're really involved in the natural wine movement, like really, really involved in the natural wine movement. Um, what does it mean to be in the natural wine movement? Let's talk about that in a few minutes. Okay. Talk about how we got introduced to them. Oh, um, I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to think how we were introduced. Um, so during, um, I guess, a couple months COVID. ago, COVID. Beginning of COVID. Beginning of COVID. Um, we, um, I got an email from the owner, the wife. And um, the, it was, you know, we all have some slower times. You know, do you have some time to come check out our winery? And I said, um, I never responded actually. I, I, I thought it was just a generic message going out and I, I never really responded. And so I, uh, a couple months later, I believe um, one of our sales reps came in with some of um, Stout Ridge's, uh, what were they? Spirits. Cordial, spirits. Spirits, spirits. vodkas, gins. And I was like, oh my gosh, Stout Ridge, they sent us a message. And I said, did you send the message or did Stout Ridge send the message? And I, I kept saying, boy, we should really go check them out. Um, I bet they, it, I bet it's cool. And the and sales rep, Don, was like, yes. Yes, you need to go check it out. So we, um, I emailed them back and I said, I would love to set up a time for us to, to come visit. And um, they were closed. Um, one day and um, I think they're closed during the week a couple of days and so. so they said come on by and um, we got to taste wine with them and we got a great tour um, the winemaker is super educational like he will educate you on anything he is a chemist right Him that was the first wife. thing they said we walked in and he yeah. goes my wife and I are chemists we understand how things work we understand how yeast works we understand understand on the molecular level how wine ages, how yeast works, how sulfates, how, how, how things how everything mix together works. to make cordials, stuff like that. So uh, pretty inc incredible. Um, so they also explained how they, they run this pretty much by themselves, 
um, through COVID, um, they pretty much, I don't know if they laid off or they just didn't, never really had They didn't have much staff to begin with, but during COVID, they basically, they worked the tasting room with one other part-time employee and they have a full-time employee that helps in the fields and with everything else that's going on in the operation. Um, he sort of helps out the, the one full-time employee. They did cut back a little bit for COVID and like all of us cut back a little bit for COVID. We're not open as many days as we used to be. Right. We're not open as many shifts. Means we don't do brunch anymore. We don't open for lunch on the weekends anymore. So we cut back and we cut some employees back because we had to figure out how to operate at a very profitable level and they figured that they figured out. They figured it out so, as well. So the, all of their wine, um, you can only purchase their wine uh, at the winery. Um, they I, they have vines too, right? Mm -hmm. Do they grow Do they grow a lot of grapes? I can't remember. They grow some grapes. Okay. Um, they said they're actually getting out of that. Um, and as they grow more and more, they're sourcing more and more grapes from trusted partners, trusted vineyards. Um, but they do have vines back there. So they're in Marlboro, Statridge is in Marlboro. As soon as we walked in, we're like, this place is pretty cool. Pretty cool. This is a big place. Um, now with the tour of the winery. No, it, what, you said it's a big place. It was actually quite a surprise that they don't distribute and you can only buy their wines there. And it is a really big place. They so make we, less than 10,000 bottles a year, which cool, is small. Which is very small. Very yeah. small. Yeah. And it's only done by him and his wife with one full-time employee. So but when you walk in, there's tons of how many, how many, they make 45 different yeah. spirits. Now, so they start out as a winery. They start out as a winery. Um, and then just as of four or five years ago, they started distilling mm -hmm. and they have all these really cool stills. One of their stills is fired from radiant heat, uh, radiant heat underneath. In the old days, you'd fire a still with wood and that would, the, the firing the, from wood underneath would create these hot spots in your distilling process that would create some good flavors, some caramelization, some good flavors, that the more distilling got efficient, they would wrap these kettles with, these distills with a steam jacket mm -hmm. to control the temperature throughout and not get hot spots. So the art was lost with the hot spots. So they have a, a custom still, one of, I think only like Pretty a handful cool. in America, really cool, yeah. where it's radiant fire and heat underneath and it gets those hot spots and they can get different flavor extracts from what they're distilling. Really, really cool. Mm -hmm. They also have this little pot still that sits over in what looks like a sink Think. in the corner of a bathroom, it looks like it's sitting there and they can make one case of spirits at a time. Right. So he's like, if you want us to make something custom for you, that's super easy. If you want us to add more cardamom, add vanilla, whatever to our coffee liqueur, whatever, we can make one batch, you have to buy the whole case, but we can make one batch for you at a time. And then the other other stills they had, they're the column stills, mm -hmm. very, very cool. And then they have this lab, they brought us into their lab. Oh yeah, goes, the lab is, was really cool. He goes, Marcus, we're one of two or three distillers in the country with this sophisticated of a lab. And again, they're chemists. This is what they do for them. This is okay, this is what they need to do to be able to pull off an operation like mm -hmm. this. Um, and they go, this is one of like three in the country, maybe two in the country of distillers that have a lab that is this sophisticated. And they had buckets and of everything, crafts of yeah. things. It was and cool, you everything, see was labeled, everything was labeled. Everything things, it was really cool. Um, and then they have, a, they have a basement, they have a cellar. They had, remember the, the big room um, with all of the cellar wines, right? Right, so let's start with the top of the top of the property. Because Let me tell you everybody, if you have a chance to go visit Stout Ridge in Marlboro, you should definitely take the opportunity Plan a day, go sit there, 
Go talk to them. Go learn about what they're doing because it's really awesome. Beautiful so, backyard. Yes. Uh, a beautiful yard in general. Mm -hmm. You can, when it Walk was warmer, you could just have take a picnic there, take food. They don't do food service. So you have you to bring your own food. You have to bring your own food if you want to eat there. Um, so when you get into this property, there's only three people that are full-time working there. Mm -hmm. They have no forklifts. Everything is gravity fed. So are you starting from the top? The top. Okay. So the way grains and things get delivered, they get to the top of the building on the side of the mountain, side of the hill. And as things come they in, go into the, right, as into things the come in, they get put on winches and then slid and get down to the next level. So every time like they'll press grapes, they press it, it goes to the next level. It goes down, 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 down. And this is, that's built on a tier system on the side of the mountain, which is super, super cool. Very cool. Because they don't need, um, they don't need forklifts running around. They do all this without any forklifts on top cool. of it. Um, and the whole system is so intricate how everything works. They have their own kiln, which means they sprout or germinate or malt their own malt. barley um, with this custom wood-fired furnace in the, in the underneath it, which is really amazing. And he, it was a custom built. Custom built. It's on one of their bottles of spirits. Again, they make 45 spirits. Those are for sale in stores and restaurants. The wines are not. Um, and we're drinking the Cabernet Franc, by the way. Yeah. That's what we're drinking. This uh, is a, a 2008. Current release, by the way. 2008. The current release of, the, of this. I'm gonna talk more about the very uniqueness of, of what they do with their wines. Um, so they, they do their own malting, which means sprouting and germinating the, the, the grains, the, the barley specifically. But he explained to us that what most distilleries do is not what he does. He keeps them at a certain temperature for a longer amount of time, develops different flavors in them. And he goes, most places just kill the process of the sprouting right away. He goes, it's a long drawn out process for us. And because of that, we have to put it in these special baskets. And he was going on and on. It was like, whoa, this is really cool stuff. Like I'm- They're monitoring the temperature of the grain and the floor. And the floor. The floor is radiant heat. Yep, the floor really is radiant cool. heat, yeah. Really cool. So it brings up to a certain level, so it germinates, and then they sweep it into the into the kiln, and then it starts drying. And, and so we've been to a lot of distilleries. Mm -hmm. We've visited a lot of places, and we learned so much that day. We did. Because, again, everything goes back down to this exact science and the chemistry of what they're doing. So now, because they're in tune with how things work, how things are supposed to work, they make all their wines in a very, very natural way. Extremely natural way. This wine right here is a 2008 Cabernet Franc. This is their current release. This is $25 in their wine shop. For a 2008 is their current release to sit on it for that long, I'm an agent, that is a bargain. That is a, a real bargain. Yeah. Most of their wines were in the $20 price range. The first wine we tasted from them he pours us a white wine, a little cloudy, oh, yeah. and it was Niagara. The grape was Niagara. Niagara makes a sweet white wine. So typically it's typically, a sweet it, white wine. And he goes, no, Marcus, we because our wines are older and fermented longer and aged longer and all that, that uh, he goes, we ferment it bone dry. It is fermented bone dry. I'm like, okay, I've never really had a Niagara even in a nice wine glass before because that's not what Niagara is. And I was smelled it, mm -hmm. Niagara, tasted it, and I was like, this is something I've never, never experienced. experienced before. And so all their yeast is natural. It's natural, natural, wild yeast fermented. 
Everything is in contact in here. He says this wine will go another 50 years. What does that mean, it's in contact? So so we have another vineyard that we use out of um, Slovenia called Movia. Mm -hmm. And Ale's is on the same tune with this stuff. Ale's makes wines that has to stand up because everything, all the sediment has to go to the bottom of the bottle. He makes this quote-unquote right. champagne that has to be disgorged table side right, right. when you do it because everything's left in contact. They leave all the leaves, they leave the yeast. Everything's in contact in the bottle still, um, which makes the wine more durable. So, so he's, not, he's, not, he's not adding sulfites. He's not buying commercial yeast. Um, and he's letting this out 12 years old. And he says, well, it's going another 40, 50 years. He's like, this wine is a baby still. Yeah. And when you think of... 200 years ago with all the, the classic French Bordeaux and the Italian Amarones that were made over 100 years ago, mm -hmm. they didn't have these types of chemicals. The means of using this kinds of stuff. So they, they didn't have, have them, right? They had to rely upon a much more natural approach to making wine. So this wine is a very, very dry Cabernet Franc. And um, so don't expect that... Cabernet Franc to begin with in New York State grows very, very, very well. It's a cold weather grape. You cannot compare it to the Cabernet Francs of Loire Valley. You cannot compare it to the Cabernet Francs coming out of Bordeaux or, or any other regions. Um, this is less, I want to say, fruit forward than a typical New York Cabernet Franc. Because again, they're fermenting out a lot of the sugar yeah. to, get it, to get all their wines really bone dry. So you were talking about the malting room. So we were starting at the top, so we kind of got a little distracted. So talk about what the next level down is. So the next level is the the, the the distilling part, and then even the next level down, there's a there's a um, um, a room that has the barrels in it. The barrels in the basement. No, the, remember the room right off there. Oh yes. There? Yeah. So in the main tasting room, they have these beautiful oval wine barrels, which everything is piped in. The wine is piped in, right? Because it's gravity fed and piped in. And um, from there, when the wines are aged for so long in the, um, in the barrels, then the wines are then gravity fed down to the next level where the bottling room is. Um, so literally everything starts at the top that comes into, into the distillery, into the winery. Everything comes from the top floor and then works its way down based upon the process that it's going through. Um, and then everything's, if it's, if it's big things that have to be like, like, you know, like big, um, pallets or something, they literally get put on a wench and slid over and drop down to the next level. Um, so that was the, that was like one of the, I've never been in a winery that has actually gone that far. Um, they were, they were using for a long time, um, barrels from, um, Hudson, one of the, the only cooperage at the time, I think it still is only cooperage out of, out of High Falls. They were using exclusively all of the local local oak barrels um, from the Scooperage out of High Falls, which is which is an amazing place in High Falls. He, he doesn't make many barrels a year, but Stoutridge was buying exclusively at one point every barrel he was making basically when he first started out. So you could see the difference. Now Stoutridge uses other barrels. They use French barrels. They use other barrels. But you could see going walking through the 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 cellar room to the aging room, uh, the barrel barrel room, the difference in the um, the difference in the barrels, you could totally pick out what a local oak barrel was. That was so easy to pick out. You're like, okay, that's local, that's local. That, they were just a different type of naughtiness, a, a different type of, um, of um, 
of, 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 of appeal to it. We're talking about the, the local barrels. Mm. Um, and again, he uses lots of barrels now from, from all over, but at one point he was using really only I local. love the old style barrels that he was, the, the big ones. What are those called? The bariks? Is that what they're called? The small ones are bariks. Oh, you're the, talking the, about the, small, oval. the oval ones. The oval ones are Slovenian. Those are wine barrels. So wine barrels, yes. In the wine world, if you're traveling to, um, to Spain or Italy, a lot of the wineries will use big barrels. So when you see these, Slovenian, Slo right? the Slovenian oak, which are these massive barrels, these are the barrels that you have to like have somebody go into every couple years. What is that called? What are those people called? Oh they gosh. have to be so little. They have to fit through a hole about this big. What is it like? Two by two. It feels like four these by people four. go into these barrels, into the barrels and scrape them. them and clean them. Yeah. <laughs> and talk about being claustrophobic. Ooh. You cannot um, be claustrophobic. Or very drunk from all the fumes of the wine in there. They can't spend a lot of time you in can't. there. They have to be very quick. Yep. So it, it's something they learn how to do quickly, right? Because the yeah. fumes... Time will, is of essence. Yes. You don't stay in one of those barrels all no. day and clean a barrel. And just, you know, you're in and out of there. It's, 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 it's pretty crazy. Um, so the bigger barrels are the Slovenian oak in wineries, which the Barolo... The small ones they call bariques. Okay. And when you go to visit Barolo, you go to visit Brunello's, these producers, um, Chianti, all throughout Tuscany, all, th all throughout the wine world, um, a lot of them use these large, large barrels. So the small wine barrels are not really as common as people really think they are. Are those more for aging long-term, the bariques, or... Bariques are shorter-term, shorter term? more contact. Um, different stuff, different right. oak. In fact, today, uh, no, today I was going to say I posted something different today on our um, on our VIP winery page on Facebook. I was talking about the rosés, about how the French like oh yeah was... onion onion peel color rosés as opposed to those bright rosés. Right. <laughs> I had a video that I was going to post today talking about the characteristics of um, French oak. That's a good one. For American you to, oak. Yeah, that's and, good. And um, our wine guide Javi in Spain in Rioja was going through and talking about that. I'll post that video very soon. That's it's a short thirty-second video. Um, if you're not following us, definitely follow us on um, on uh, VIP Winery Vacations on Instagram, which is where we're going on Instagram right now. Uh, we have a Facebook fan page. We also have a website, VIPWineryVacations.com. We love to go to Europe. We love to go to Italy. We do Spain. Unfortunately, with COVID happening. Our trips have gotten pushed off now. Um, we've not officially announced our next push-off trip, but I'm, I'm assuming our April trip is probably going to get pushed off to November, mm -hmm. um, just seeing the way the travel is going and, and the current COVID cases and things like that. Uh, we have another have to have, still have another conversation. And it's still we still have until beginning of, of this Jan January 1st to really make a decision. Yeah, so we have another so, month or so. We're, we're in... Uh beginning of December right now, yep. 2020. So. so we're in kind of a limbo right now with that. But we are doing trips to? The Finger Lakes. So if you want to travel uh, with Marcus and I, um, we are doing Finger Lake trips. Um, and uh, our next one, well, our first one, um, we go to the Finger Lakes all the time, which we absolutely love. Obviously, we love wine. We love to travel. Um, and we want you to travel with us. So we will be going to the Finger Lakes in January um, 2021. Um, I think it's the 22nd through the 24th with a snow date of the following weekend, which I don't remember the dates. Um, but if you are interested in that, you can contact us um, and we'll get you all the information. We're staying at Awesome Hotel. We're staying, uh, so we're staying in an awesome hotel and we have really awesome wineries lined up for you to uh, go with us to. Um, I think 
people have that bug in them and they just want to travel. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll get back on track here soon, uh, 2021, hopefully towards the, the middle to end of the, the year, uh, back into our um, European travel. Uh, but for the time being, we're gonna stick with what we can. Um, we'd also love to do some trips uh, in the Hudson Valley, uh, maybe just a day trip here and there, right. um, where you meet us at the winery, we introduce you to the winemakers, you get to taste wine with us. Um, hopefully Stout Ridge would be a great, yeah, I mean, great place that they would have room. Also, yeah. They have a private room, I yeah, think, Yeah, he right? said we can get the private room upstairs, which seats a certain number. I don't remember what he said. So if but. it's our group, which is that, that's a great benefit about traveling with us is we can we can pull strings like that. And mm -hmm. they're happy to accommodate our, our group, our, our group, smaller yeah. groups in these private rooms. And the Finger Lakes are doing the same exact things. They're not putting us in a, in a tasting room with everybody else. Um, we are going into the barrel rooms, we're going to other private rooms, and we're, we're doing that ourselves yeah. in there. So, fun. and of course, this show is never really about the flavor of the wine. It's about the experience of the winery and traveling there. Um, and that's... Uh, any winery. Any, any, <laughs> any travel. I know for us, we're dying to get out there and travel, and we love to travel. So, um, you know, join us. We'd love to have you kind of join All us. Right. So, I think that's it Excellent. For so, yep. So, Stout Ridge Winery, they're located in Marlboro, New York. Uh, they are pioneering the natural wine movement here in uh, New York, in the Hudson Valley especially. They are pioneering it. Uh, 2008 Cabernet Franc, naturally made, uh, an all-natural wine style, wild yeast, everything really good. Everything's intact awesome in stuff. here. Really yeah. awesome stuff. Their spirits, they make 45 spirits currently. They just launched a... A curacao. A, a blue curacao. Blue curacao. And it's not blue. <laughs> But it's natural. It's natural coloring. It's natural. It's all. It's all. Oh, made it is from, blue. It is it's blue. It's made from vegetable. That's right. It is blue. That that was what it was. Right. It so is no, blue. There's no food. But they, and um, they said no, absolutely not. So um, so that's kind of yeah. cool. Yep, yeah, that is cool. Uh, they a uh, uh, pistis. They made a pistis, mm -hmm. and an absinthe. Yeah, it's cool. They just stuff. launched an they, absinthe. They have some cool things there. Yep. Check them out. Their absinthe is an absinthe liqueur. There's so it's no a little sweeter. There's right? no need to add the sugar. All you have to do as a consumer is add a little bit of ice, ice. water until it luges and you're good to go. Or ice. Ice water. <laughs> ice, ice water, water or ice. ice. Yeah. Typically, you want to add a three to one ratio of water to absinthe. It is 120 proof. It's very, it's very strong, strong. stuff. Um, it is legal in the US as of 2009. Uh, they changed the law, so the absinthe does not have an origin that, that it comes from. It can be made anywhere in the world as long as they follow the basic guidelines of what absinthe is. It's basically uh, fortified brandy. Um, I, brandy, I'm not even sure if it's considered brandy, but it's a fortified spirit with lots and lots of different herbs. And when you do the luge effect, you're pulling out the essential oils of the herbs that are locked into the, into the spirit and the ice water brings that out and it luges. And you typically add sugar, you don't burn. It's not typical to burn it. That's something that that's done, but not recommended. But absinthe makers don't like you to do that. Consumers think it's cool to burn burn it to sugar and, and throw it in there. Do not burn. Ice water, three to one ratio of water to absinthe. That's how it works. Awesome. All Cheers. right. Follow us on VIP Winery Vacations on um, Instagram and Instagram and Facebook and, and Facebook, <laughs> and go to our website, sign up for our email list, and uh, hear more stories like this. All right. Thanks for everybody. Thanks for tuning everybody. In. Have a great night.